You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. College football today. Roaring into the college football playoff on Monday night. Nine bowl games left. Doesn't get better. Here at Fantasy Sports Radio and Television Network, we've partnered up with a great organization, DKMS, looking to delete blood cancer throughout the country. They're also looking for blood donors. Rich and I have spoken about this cause over the last three months. It's been a, a, a cause that's very close to the both of our hearts, and we have a great fantasy game here at Fantasy Sports Network, Rich, where we can win uh, Super Bowl tickets. Yeah, you could play the game for free. Uh, You could learn more about DKMS. Great cause, great organization, love what they do. Uh, We're what, about uh, 48 hours from a new year? Yeah, is that what it is Uh, today? A couple couple of days. I mean, it's a perfect time uh, to make resolutions. I like to do it every year. Goals for the new year. I suggest as a resolution to give back. Uh, Give a little bit more. You can save a life. Go to DKMS.com. Dot org Play the fantasy game. If you win one of the weekly uh, contests, you'll be put into a pool in week 17 of the NFL season with a chance to win Super Bowl 52 tickets. Yeah, it's a win-win for everybody. So go to DailyRoto.com backslash DKMS. That's DailyRoto.com backslash DKMS. Or go to RotoExperts.com backslash DKMS or call 844-843-6879. That's 844-843-6879. Play, win, and look to help save a life. That's what it's all about in the new year as well. Agreed. Uh, Great ball games. I mean... Players that stood out for you throughout this bowl game. I mean, I mentioned throughout this bowl season, Quentin Flowers, number one. Uh, Kuti, the wide receiver from Texas Tech, I, I think he had 187 receiving yards. And right after that performance, ops for the NFL draft. Yeah. I mean, yeah. any players for you that on both sides of the ball that might have stepped out this season? I'll take this one offense, season? one defense, both from the state of Texas. I, I mentioned Christian Kirk, who I right. loved throughout his career. He was fantastic in the Belk Bowl against Wake Forest. One player who continues to stand out for me, not just because of his play as a pass rusher, but because of his blonde locks. Matt Boson, former (laughs) junior college transfer, defensive end from TCU, sort of a situational pass rusher. Every time I'm watching the Horned Frogs, he is making his way into the backfield, did it against uh, Stanford as well, had three quarterback hurries, was consistently in the face of K.J. Costello, one of those off-the-radar players. I think at the NFL level, he'll be a situational pass rusher, kind of a hybrid between an outside linebacker and a defensive end. Love what he does as a pass rusher. Yeah, the other for me, I mean, was Ahmad Bradshaw from Army. I mean, yeah. he is a do-it-yourself player and really keyed that Army victory over San Diego State. The other player, obviously, was Rashad. Penny, I mean, for him to be left off the Doak Walker Award, Heisman Trophy Award list, I mean, he was there, but not invited to New York. I think he showed the nation why he's deserving and leads the nation in rushing uh, in 2017. So, uh, very deserving player in Rashad Penny that will have a great career in the NFL. When we come back, we'll be talking about the other key matchups later today and Monday. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello live in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34.
Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. About an hour from kickoff, great battle between Louisville and Lamar Jackson, Mississippi State. Katon Thompson making his first career start. Rich, this is going to be a tall order to go score for score with a Louisville offense that's averaging 249 rushing yards per game. They're also throwing for over 300 with Heisman Trophy winner last year, Lamar Jackson. He's had a solid season, completed 60% of his passes, 3,489 yards, 25 passing touchdowns. He's also rushed for 1,443 yards, 17 rushing touchdowns on the year. Really came on down the stretch at the end of the season and more importantly only sacked 27 times this year compared to 47 and 44 in back-to-back years respectively to me that's a difference I think Lamar Jackson goes out in style jumps up early on Mississippi State and forces Katon Thompson into a high scoring battle Listen, Mississippi State is is bullish on the future of Thompson he sort of reminds me of a younger player potential-wise of Lamar Jackson. He's tall, he's athletic, they like his arm talent over the long haul, but this being his first start in this setting against an improving Louisville defense. That was the problem I had with the Cardinals early on, is they were not playing good defense, not getting after the quarterback, making too many penalties and mistakes, but over the course of the second half of the season, they got gradually better, and that team in general finished strong, three straight uh, blowouts to close out the season, so they carry momentum into this game against Mississippi State, and most of all, not just the talent of Lamar Jackson, but I get the impression in listening to him that this game matters to him. In all likelihood, it's going to be his final game as an amateur with the Cardinals under Bobby Petrino. I think he wants to go out with a victory. I think he remembers how this Louisville team performed against an SEC opponent in last year's bowl season, getting blown out by LSU. I think Louisville wants this. I think Lamar Jackson wants this. I think Mississippi State is is really just not at full strength without Dan Mullen and, and Nick Fitzgerald. They're going to need a huge game from Aris Williams. I don't think it happens. I think Louisville rolls. Yeah, I agree with you. And we've seen now Josh Allen step up against Central Michigan. I mean, a solid performance. Didn't really turn the world on fire, but did have three passing touchdowns. And last night, we saw Sam Darnold, yes, 356 passing yards, but inconsistent. Josh Rosen didn't play. We're not talking about Lamar Jackson. We talked about it last year, uh, last week's show. He's my pick as a top 10 overall project. I mean, I think when you look at Deshaun Watson in the NFL in his first year, he can be that type of player. So in terms of really progressing his draft stock in 2018, this game matters to him. And you look at younger players like Reggie Bonifin that really came on, not just as a running back, but in the short intermediate passing game. No Dan Mullen. I mean, this is really going to be 
a, a, a really difficult task for Mississippi State, not only offensively, Donald Gray is there, but how do you get the ball into his hands from a young quarterback and defensively as well? I mean, they're giving up 175 passing yards per game, but playing in the SEC West, they haven't faced a quarterback of, of Lamar Jackson's athleticism up, up until this point. And nobody does. I mean, no, there's no way to effectively prepare for the foot speed, for the unpredictability of Lamar Jackson, who has grown as a quarterback, as a more complete quarterback this season, better pocket passer than he was in 2016 when he did win the Heisman Trophy. Now, Mississippi State has a very good yes. defense. I like what they do in the front seven. Uh, Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons, a dynamic talent on the interior of that defensive line. So, you know, Louisville could be challenged. Louisville has not been great on the offensive right. line for a very long period of time, and they don't have elite playmakers. Jalen uh, Jalen Smith on the outside right. has been a good wide receiver, but not this great, is not though. a great... No. They don't have great talent at the skill position, but I think Lamar can take this game over. I think he wants to take this game over. I think it matters to him to beat an SEC team, an SEC defense, leave his legacy at Louisville with a bowl victory. So I think it all comes down to Lamar Jackson. And I am curious to see Thompson in action. I yeah. mean, young quarterbacks, anytime at this time of year where we get a chance to analyze a young player who might play some next year, even though Fitzgerald right. should be back. I mean, there's no chance Lamar Jackson comes back next year, right? I can't imagine. I mean, honestly, I can't imagine. I mean, yeah. why risk injury? I mean, if he has a huge game, a couple of factors why I really like Louisville here, not just Lamar Jackson, Bobby Petrino. This is a situation that Bobby Petrino realizes, I might have the opponent down, I'm going to step on their throat, because he just yeah. thrives in this type of scenario where he can unleash Lamar Jackson in every way, shape, or form. He didn't do that last year against a defense that in Dave Aranda's LSU Tigers that can run sideline to sideline. Yes, Mississippi State's good. They're giving up 125 rushing yards per game. And secondary, like I mentioned, only 175 passing yards to opposing offenses in the SEC, though. To me, that's the difference. Thompson played well. I mean, in the Egg Bowl, completed 45% of his passes, 261, two touchdowns. But this is a different animal in Louisville, and more importantly, the game planner in Bobby Petrino. And again, the defense gradually began to play better. Trevon Young, who missed all of last season, and he's back and healthy along that defensive front. They bring good speed. James Hearns is another player up front. Uh, Stacey Thomas at linebacker. Now, Jair Alexander, the best cornerback, he's he's sitting it out. He's one of those players that's going to you know, protect his NFL future. He's going to sit it out. But I think there's enough defensive speed and experience yeah. for Louisville to expose that Mississippi State offense. It's incredible that Bobby Petrino wasn't mentioned in any of these other jobs. He was the backup plan for Gus Malzahn. Yeah. I mean, it's just intriguing. I, I think a lot of that's just off-field. I, think, I, I so? think there's a lot of baggage with Bobby Petrino. Certain programs don't want to take that on. In terms of pure X's and O's, Joe brings up a great point. Not only is he an outstanding coach and a terrific offensive mind, but he brings stability in a game where Mississippi State has none, none from a coaching perspective. Yeah, so we'll see how it plays. I get the tie scoring. I'm not going under here. I love the over in this matchup. Louisville and Lamar Jackson, I think he's chucking it maybe 50 times in this matchup, but I think they win easily by 14 or more in this ballgame. 
Agreed. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. We'll turn our attention to a rematch of a few years ago, the Jadavion Clowney hit on Smith. I mean, South Carolina has been pumping that all week long in terms of Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to Jim Harbaugh and the crew. A couple of factors. I love Michigan in this ballgame, but you look at the offensive coordinator for South Carolina, Kurt Roper, fired at the end of the year. Brian McClendon, who was the wide receiver coach and co-coordinator, will be making the calls solely in this ballgame. This was a, a South Carolina offense that really struggled in the last four games this season, only averaging 199 passing yards per game, Rich. And when I break this game down, every time they failed to rush for over 100, they lost ball games. They were 1-4 in games where they failed to rush for over 100 and lost those games by 13.7 points per game. The flip side, you have a Michigan offense that every time they were able to rush for over 190, they were undefeated 6-0 and and dominated the competition by 17.5 points per game. Jim Harbaugh, big game head coach in bowl games. Not regular season. I love the Wolverines by 14 or more in this ballgame. Yeah, I, I, I like Michigan. I'm not sure I love Michigan in this game. I, I need to see more from the Wolverine offense. Brandon Peters is going to be the starter. They've been sort of pedestrian at the skill positions this year. Karan Higdon had moments at running back. Chris Evans, same story. But Brandon Peters, now with the looming specter of Shea Patterson coming from Ole Miss, will he be available in 2018? Will he have to sit out a year and be eligible in 2019? Remains to be seen. But, you know, big game Coach, I think this is a big spot for Jim Harbaugh. I mean, yeah. I, I think he cannot embarrass himself in this game. It was not a great year. There have begun to be, you know, some murmurs that are surfacing that Jim Harbaugh is a great off-season coach, but once you get into the in-season, he's been just okay, particularly compared to the rest of the Big Ten. He needs to gain some traction, some, moment, some momentum heading into 2018, and I think he's going to do it on the defensive side of the ball. McClendon is going to call plays. I don't know who he pissed off in order to have to call plays <laughs> for the first time against Don Brown's defense, but that is not going to bode well for him because Michigan has an outstanding defense for all the problems they had this year. They are dominant at the point of attack. Rashawn Gary, Maurice Hurst, who might be the most underrated defensive player of 2017, Chase Winovich off the edge. Sure. They're fast. They're physical. I think they'll cause all kinds of problems for Jake Bentley. So I think Michigan wins this on defense. I have them covering this eight, eight and a half point spread, mainly because of D, I don't expect much from their offense. I think they'll have a hard time scoring points on South Carolina. Yeah, yeah they're going to need to run the football. Michigan's averaging 186 rushing yards per game, only averaging about 160 yards through the air. Now, Peters is cleared to play in this ballgame, but you mentioned that Don Brown defense only giving up 125 rushing yards per game, 142 to opposing quarterbacks, Rich, 39 total sacks, and here's what I love, 27% third down defense. You force Jake Bentley into third down in long situations with a new head, uh, play caller. That's the matchup. I think they force him. I think they get a lot of sacks here as well. They wear down South Carolina's offensive line in this ballgame. I, I think this is like a 23-6, to 24-6 yeah. type I of game. I can see the under coming in that ugly ball game. as heck. Not a lot of points, but I think Michigan yeah. covers. Well, Rich and I are all over Michigan. When we come back, we'll be joined by the offensive coordinator for the Ole Miss Rebels, Phil Longo. We'll talk about his season and more importantly, the matchup between Alabama and Clemson. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34.
Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. battle taking place for the national championship between number four Alabama and number one Clemson Monday night at 8 p.m. If you want to get the skinny on the Alabama Crimson Tide, you reach out to a big-time coach within the SEC. He's live on the Fantasy Sports Celebrity Guest Line. Want to welcome in current Ole Miss offensive coordinator Phil Longo. Coach, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing this morning? Uh, we're doing well. Uh, trying to stay warm here in New York, but it's heating up over the weekend with college football. Doesn't get better than this, but you had a great season this year. Six and six overall. I mean, Matt Luke leading the crew, a dominant uh, Egg Bowl victory over Mississippi State. You lost guys like Evan Ingram, Judd. You also lost uh, Chad Kelly, your starting quarterback. But what did you see out of your offense this year that has fans optimistic for 2018? Well, you know, we, we started the year with a lot of big names. I think there were some expectations of the skill players that we had coming back to perform very well early on. And you know, I think what most people didn't understand was that they were replacing a lot of those starters that you just mentioned. We lost two receivers, a, a draft pick, the number one draft pick, guys that I didn't coach. I got there in January. Quarterback Chad Kelly and a number of substantial skill players they're starting running back so most of our skill guys just kind of uh got got used to playing the first three or four weeks and i think when offensively things started clicking at auburn you know the light kind of came on in that game and and uh, we were very happy with our offensive season from from then on and most of those guys now the dk metcalf the marcus lodges um aj brown obviously um, Jordan Tomo, our quarterback, they're they're all coming back along with you know about ninety percent of our our offensive line. So we're very excited about a large group of returning uh, players that have produced already, and you know their maturation process from now until August. Will, will, will give us, I think, a great chance of starting next season the way we want to. Coach, talk a little bit more about Jordan. Uh, you know, we had a chance to watch him a little bit at the junior college level, didn't really get a chance to know him, didn't expect much with Shea Patterson being the, the starter until he was injured. Uh, what are your expectations? What have you seen in that young man that has you optimistic about 2018? Well, I mean, every coach you talk to about their starting quarterback is going to have great things to say. But and and I'm no different. George and Tom was as uh, a high character kid as I've ever coached, and and I've had some really really good people, uh, you know, playing quarterback. And I've been very fortunate to be around some some great ones. And Jordan is no different. He he's a he's a student of the game. He understands the offense. Um, I think he's very decisive on the field with regards to making decisions in the passing game and or when to tuck it and run the ball and 
uh, he he's only going to get better. He did a great job preparing himself for for six and a half weeks before he got the nod, and he did a heck of a job leading our football team in the second half of the season. Coach, we've had many SEC players come on and talk about the Grove in Oxford, but you said you got there in January. Tell fans what the atmosphere is and, and what makes Ole Miss football so special. Well, you know, coming on staff in December of last year, you know, I, I got right into the recruiting game at Ole Miss, and one of the things we talked about was the Grove. And so here I was sitting in living rooms having to explain it um, without having experienced it. And that was pretty difficult to do. Uh, after going through it one year, I can tell you, in in my experience, it's one of the most amazing fan experiences that you can go through before a football game. Our 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 football team, when they get back from the hotel, walks through the Grove and then through the stadium before every home game, and it, it's just an amazing, it's just an amazing phenomenon. I'm not explain it, but it's it's uh, it's something that should be on your bucket list. It's a it's a it's a must do at least once in your lifetime. Joe and I would love to uh, broadcast a show in the future from the Grove. Yeah. That would be a blast. <laughs> uh, Coach, Monday night, obviously, everybody will be watching uh, both games, but uh, Alabama-Clemson, you've had the unique coaching experience of preparing for Nick Saban's defense, for that Alabama defense. Uh, what did you see on film? What makes that unit so special and so difficult to game plan against? Well, I think depth is the number one issue. And what I mean by that is not just that they can roll through players and keep them fresh. It's the same philosophy that we have on the offensive side of the ball at Ole Miss. We want to play as many O-line and as many receivers that are capable of helping us win the game. And when you can do that on defense, uh, you know, when when you get to third down against Alabama, you, you've got to be at your best because they're, they're going to have some fresh speed players come out. They're going to give you some exotic pressures. And they're going to force you to get rid of the football quickly if you're trying to throw the ball on third and medium or third and long. You know, and those guys are standing on the sideline, fresh and ready to roll. Third down comes in, and it's like they have a third down specialist group that can just come in and tee off because they're fresh and and you know really their first and second down defense is very different from what they do on third down. Coach I want to stay right there in terms of attacking Alabama's defense because I agree with you when uh, Alabama puts you into long third down situations that's really the Achilles heel for opponents going up against a Nick Saban defense but I've always felt that the way you neutralize Alabama's defense is straight on attack them vertically on seam routes because they can run sideline to sideline with the best in the nation so I think it's very important that your offenses attack Alabama aggressively early on first and second down with the passing game I mean do you feel that that's the recipe to beat the Alabama defense especially in the college football playoff I I think the more speed that you have on offense the better shot you give yourself and I don't I don't disagree with with your assessment about attacking him vertically, whether it be in the run game or the pass game, I think um, they're first of all they're extremely well coached. Um, they're very very good at block destruction, which means they're able to get off pass blocks and run blocks and, and track plays. And then you know third, they run extremely well. And so the more lateral you play the game, the more you give them an opportunity to display how athletic they are and run to the football and. You know, the quicker you can get rid of the ball in the pass game, the quicker you can beat the line of scrimmage in the run game, you know, north-south vertically, the better shot I think you have against a 
a physical, well-coached, fast team like the Alabama defense. Coach, one of the more intriguing players for me is is Minka Fitzpatrick because of the versatility that he brings to that Alabama defense. Also love the fact, like uh, uh, you and myself and Joe Lisi, uh, all New Jersey natives, talk a little bit about Minka. What did you see on film from him? What makes him such a such a unique defender? He's an old bridge kid, isn't he? Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> St. Peter's kid, right? Yeah. He's a... Uh... You know, he's a junior, I believe, and he's playing strong safety for them. This this guy is, you know, if I remember correctly, he's probably about 6'1", 205 pounds, maybe, and, and can run. And, you know, he has some coverage ability. Uh, you know, typically you like receiver matchups against safeties, but he can cover. Um, and he's also, he's a physical player. I think he changes direction well. So he's, he's one of those well-rounded safeties that, you know, we're all looking for on defense. Coach, I want to t- uh, talk about the offensive coordinator role. Uh, Alabama does have new offensive coordinator Brian Dable, and his biggest task will be to keep Jalen Hurts at a long third down situations because that's where Alabama struggled last year in the national championship game, only converting two of 15 third down conversions. As an offensive coordinator, in terms of the preparation time, the weeks in, from the end of the regular season until the college football playoff, how hard is it to maybe implement a new type of scheme uh, within that time frame from what we see? Well, I, I'm not, you know, and I can't speak for Alabama or Clemson, but I, I I don't in general think that people are trying to recreate anything. I think what you do is you hang your hat on the things that you've done well all season. You know, you want to have confidence and hang your hat on the things that have gotten you there in the first place. Um, that way when the bullets start flying and, and you're dealing with some uh, you know, adversity-ridden situations in a game, you know, you, you can go back to something that you've done a thousand times during the year and you've got confidence. You've got a better shot at succeeding that way than you do at trying something new. I'm not discounting, though, the, the extra time before a bowl game gives you an opportunity to, to, to work some new wrinkles and, uh, you know, maybe a couple new plays that specifically attack a specific weakness by the you know the opponent that you're playing that particular game and so anytime you have more time I think offensively to prepare it's an advantage on the offensive side in my opinion. Coach great insight we wish you the best in 2018 I mean huge upside with the Ole Miss Rebels and head coach Matt Luke. Matt Luke has done a great job leading our program and the future is very bright for for Ole Miss. Great insight from yeah. from offensive coordinator yeah. Phil. It's Longo. nice to I talk mean, to a coach who had to game plan for the sure. Alabama defense. I, I think getting that perspective is interesting, and uh, it's a fun interview. Yeah, I mean, what what he what I took from that as well is he said, "Don't change the wheel for the most yeah. part," and that's the one thing that Brian Dable. When you look at this offense that I mentioned, I mean, they were not the same offense in the first half of the year. Played better competition. They played Auburn. They played LSU at the end of the season. Played a, a solid Mississippi State yeah. defense defense but clearly they were rushing for around 89 yards less per game if they can't run the football up around 300 i'm sorry 250 300 against clemson's Monday defense you're talking about yeah, yeah. they're not yeah. going to win this ball game i'm sorry i don't think they're going to win it yeah I, and that is that is sort of the identity of alabama football isn't sure. it i mean you know before the season began we all sort of waxed poetic about all the depth that they had and last year's playoff Bo scarborough was right. a star that we didn't sure. expect damian harris i think has has exceeded our expectations right. this year Najee harris a five-star running back that many of us thought 
thought would contribute right away. And yet, I don't think that has been sort of the defining personality of the Alabama offense this year. No, here's the, here's the other X factor that we didn't talk about. I mean, yes, it's the players. But what about the coach, Lane Kiffin? Yeah. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian coached that national championship game, did not do well. I mean, everybody discounts the departure of Lane Kiffin to oh, FAU. I, I think they miss him. The yeah. way he utilized different formations and game plans, I mean, that could be the X factor that really bites Alabama in this ball game. We'll see how it plays out Monday night at 8 p.m. When we come back, we'll get Gabe Morenci's picks for the college football playoff. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. into the college football playoff Monday night, 5 p.m., 8 p.m., Georgia and Oklahoma kicks it off, followed by Alabama and Clemson. If you want to get the locks of the college football playoff, you bring on Gabe Morenci. Gabe, I know you're rocking a Baker Mayfield jersey right about now. You know what? I've got concerns about Baker Mayfield right about now, uh, Joe. I'm wondering just how serious this illness actually is. There's one or, you know, there's two ways of looking at this, that it really is just a minor cold, and, you know, they want him getting his rest uh, right now, a flu, et cetera. They want him getting his rest. And, you know, or if they don't want him saying something dumb, obviously he's a pretty, you know, he's almost like Donald Trump holding a press conference, right? You don't really know what Baker Mayfield's ever going to say or do. Uh, or there's something more serious to this, and he actually is um, sick, uh, for real. Now, you know, from what I understand, he's been practicing, and it's just the, the non-football-related uh, events that he's not participating in. Uh, but I'll definitely be keeping my eye on this. Uh, but, yeah, we're locked and loaded, that guy. So we pulled the trigger earlier uh, just a couple of minutes ago. There's no turning back. i got a busy day today after we uh, we wrap up with you guys. I hit a rehearsal studio for the last couple of hours, and i got a show tonight. Um, I haven't played a concert in Montreal in like 18 years, but uh, we're playing this evening. Yeah. So we got a busy day. i got to get the bets in now wow. uh, type of deal. And there's a lot of live movement here. So I stepped up in uh, Memphis. I bought a hot point. I got it down to three points. I'm not going against Memphis on their home field. We're going over to number 68, and that's the ball game. As we talked about, love Penn State uh, to beat up on Washington. And I said 0-4-0 oh, uh, oh for the Big Ten. It's actually 5-0 oh now after the, uh, the Ohio State beat of USC uh, last night. So make it 6-0. Uh, Penn State's going to beat Washington. Tonight, you know, I think Wisconsin's going to be in tough. I like to recharge Miami team on their home field, another home team uh, playing this evening. 
you know, they've had three and a half weeks to, to recharge after the disappointing end to the season. I, you know, I'm just not impressed with Wisconsin's offense enough that they're going to be able to pull away from Miami in this spot. And then, of course, you mentioned the playoff games. I am concerned about this Baker Mayfield illness right now. So I'm going to monitor the situation. But I, I do like Oklahoma in this game. Um, I think Georgia are kind of one-dimensional. I think the SEC is slightly overrated. And I think that Georgia's going to have a hard time matching and keeping up and putting points on the board uh, with the Oklahoma Sooners. I guess we're going to find out if Oklahoma's defense can stop the run of a, of a physical SEC team. Um, you know, it's a toss-up as far as the coaches are concerned. Neither of the coaches have been in this situation uh, before. They're both obviously deep as hell uh, as far as the talent is concerned. Uh, but ultimately, I think that Oklahoma are a more complete football team than the Georgia Bulldogs. I think that Baker Mayfield will be the best player on the field. I don't believe in the Heisman curse. I think that's a thing of the past. And ultimately, I think Oklahoma are going to win this football game and play against the Clemson Tigers, who quite frankly are just a much better team than Alabama are right now. You know, I'm not sure... I think a lot of people think because Deshaun Watson isn't on Clemson now that, you know, they're not as good as they were last year, per se. I think this might be a more complete football team on both sides of the football this year than they were last year. You know, this year the defense can carry them if needed. But, you know, Kelly Bryant's gotten the job done. Renfro's a stud. They have experience on both sides of the football. They have kids that have been there and done that. There's no intimidation factor against Alabama right now. Alabama, quite frankly, are lucky to be here. You know, they didn't even play in their conference championship game. They were lucky to beat Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State could have, should have won that football game, didn't. You know, they lose to Auburn. You know, with all due respect to Jalen Hurts, I mean, I'm not losing sleep uh, over Alabama's offense uh, running up and down the field on Clemson's defense. To me, Alabama just doesn't have an identity on offense, and they haven't since Lane Kiffin uh, left. You know, they had the one game with Sarkeesian. I mean, what are they? Do they throw the ball? Are they, are they a smash ball? team? Not really. But, you know, they don't really – they do a bunch of little things, but they don't really do anything really well. I don't understand why they don't pound the ball with Scarborough more, but they just have gotten away from that. There's just an inconsistency to the Alabama offense. And, you know, quite frankly, guys, it's not like every year most of the sports books have a prop up. How many Alabama players are going to be taken in the first round? And it's always incredibly high, you know, four and a half, five and a half. I mean, there's been six at times. How many players are going in the first round this year on Alabama? Like, who are you hearing on Alabama's team? Okay, you got Ridley. You know, really a good wide receiver. They don't give him the ball enough. You know, I just, I don't think this Alabama team is the big, bad, you know, wolf, scary wolf that's going to blow the house down of past Alabama teams. I think Clemson's the better football team. I think the wrong team's favored. And, hey, that, you know, if there's one guy that you can say might be the best coach in college football, you know, without Nick Saban being in a conversation right now, it's Dabble Sweeney. And you'll have an opportunity to prove it in a rubber match uh, here right now. I think Clemson wins this game. And, uh, you know, I think they win it easier than people think. I don't think it's even going to be – I thought a blowout. But I think Clemson will be in control 
control and win this game. That's fascinating. Yeah, Joe and I agree. We both like Clemson. Uh, we both like Georgia. I, I wonder, uh, you know, whoever wins that Clemson-Alabama war, Gabe, do you think they'll be bruised and battered and, and beaten up with just a one-week turnaround? I think about Auburn, right? Auburn beats Alabama in the Iron Bowl, and then they got to face Georgia in the SEC title game, and they were just a shell of themselves. Any chance that'll happen, even if Clemson beats Alabama? That's a good point that you raise. It is going to be a smash-mouth football game, and it's a pretty low total at 47 for a college game. You know who I think it might affect the most, actually, Rich, would be Oklahoma. Because, you know, Georgia's going to be a physical game whether they win or lose, right? So let's say Oklahoma survives a real smash-mouth affair, high-scoring, energetic game. It sucks a lot of energy out of them. That could catch up to them a little bit. Um, but I'm sure if you ask any of the four coaches, they take their chances that their team will be ready uh, the following week. Listen, they'll, they'll have time. They'll have a full week uh, to prepare for the following uh, game. Kids will be playing on a drill, and they, uh, they're younger than you and I are, Rich. Um, so, you know, they're, they're gonna, they're, they, I don't think fatigue will be a major issue. You know, injuries could be an issue uh, along the way, and, and depth could become an issue. I mean, to me, it really comes down to if Oklahoma, is gonna, if Oklahoma can stop the run, then Georgia's going to be in a lot of trouble, all right? And I just don't think that Georgia's going to be able to trade points with this Oklahoma Sooner offense that can beat you. You know, they just play downhill. And I think their defense is actually a little bit underrated. All this talk, if you look, um, you know, you look at what uh, Oklahoma did defensively. You know, when did they give up? Okay, Oklahoma State put up, I think, 52 on them. All right, that game was a track meet. You know, they played TCU twice in the last, what, in the last month or so? They held them to, what was it, 17 and 20 points? I mean, if you actually look at Oklahoma and what they did defensively, they don't give up 40 points on a weekly basis. I mean, you know, they, they held TCU to 17 points. They held West Virginia to 31 points. 40, uh, they held up Kansas to, to three points. TCU, that other game, 38-20. So they played TCU twice. TCU scored 37 points at two football games against them. Texas Tech, explosive offense. They scored 27 points against them. Longhorns, they held them to 24 points. Uh, you know, I don't see a pattern here at Oklahoma getting shredded defensively against some pretty good offenses in the Big 12 here. Uh, I think Oklahoma matches up extremely well uh, with Georgia. I think they're going to win. I think we have an Oklahoma Clemson championship game, guys. Gabe, when you look at the matchups, I, I was asked this question in Vegas last night because Georgia doesn't see a lot of wide-open attacks. They played Missouri, dominated that matchup. But on the flip side, I brought up, you know, Oklahoma does not see a lot of pro-style offenses playing in the Big 12. They faced Ohio State, which is another wide-open attack with a mobile quarterback in JT Barrett. You think that could be a factor for Georgia's offense with the tight ends and, more importantly, play action going up against Oklahoma's defense? That's a great point that you raised. And I noticed that last night, actually, uh, with the USC Trojans, you know, with the speed issue. And with USC, are extremely fast. But how many mobile quarterbacks are there like JT Barrett in the Pac-12? Most, for the most part, none. You know what I mean? The Pac-12, you know, maybe the Ducks and Herbert a bit is a little bit mobile. But for the oh, most Arizona. part, the Pac-12. Yeah, Arizona with Khalil yeah, Tate. Yeah. Arizona, exactly with Khalil Tate. And look what Khalil Tate did to the conference. He, had, he, you know, he absolutely murdered them uh, when we started uh, started playing. So we saw that USC was sort of put off by that. It's a good point that you raised. You don't really see this. I mean, that's always been Alabama's weakness as well, the mobile quarterback. Uh, you know, really, pocket quarterbacks have never really been 
beaten uh, Nick Saban at the collegiate uh, level. I, you know, that's, that's what's fascinating about bowls and about playoff matchups. That's what I, you know, that's why I don't like the same old bowl matchups every year with, you know, Big Ten free versus SEC free because I want to see the stylistic matchups uh, match up. Uh, but ultimately, I think that uh, Oklahoma's defense is better than people give them credit for. Um, you know, they gave up 25 points a game in an extremely high-scoring conference. You know, when they went on the road, they gave up 22 points a game. So this is a road game, essentially. You know, ultimately, I think Georgia's, Georgia's defense is a little overrated playing against, quite frankly, a lot of bad teams in the SEC. Gabe, great insight and information. You're picking Oklahoma and Clemson in the national championship. Good luck tonight at the concert. We'll be tweeting you later. Hey, it's always a pleasure, guys. May the winners be yours. Enjoy the games. Can't wait uh, for the playoff games on, on Monday. Hey, Happy New Year, Gabe. Happy New Year, Gabe. He brought up great insight and information about the preparation in terms of Dabo Sweeney. He brought it up. I said it before. I mean, yeah. Dabo Sweeney, you look at the teams he, he's knocked off. Auburn. He's knocked off Florida State, Louisville. Ohio State, Ohio State, Oklahoma yeah. in back-to-back yeah. years, yeah. Notre Dame. I mean, well, I, I think come that's on, why LSU. This, this matchup is so fascinating to me because now it's like, you know, Alabama was the king of the hill for sure. years and deservedly right. so. I think Clemson now can supersede Alabama you think so? with a victory over New Orleans. Yeah, in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I think if they beat Alabama, we now would have to say Clemson is the king of college football for the foreseeable future with, with Dabo Sweeney at the helm. Right, and we won't be just talking about Urban Meyer and Ohio State. We'll be talking they about Dabo all in, baby. When we come back, we'll be talking best picks, locks of the week. Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonella live in the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. About five minutes to kick. Rich and I are going to give our best selections of the day. Let's start with the 12 p.m. game. I love Louisville in this matchup. Going up against an inexperienced quarterback, Lamar Jackson goes out in style, Rich. Bobby Petrino, I think they win this ballgame. Double digits, 14, 15 points, anything above 20. Yeah, you and I are in agreement. I I think this is an exclamation point to what has been a fantastic three-year career for Lamar Jackson. I hope he's successful at the NFL level. Still not sure. I don't know if he qualifies as a first-round draft choice. Maybe a second round picked in in April. Nonetheless, I think he dominates the Mississippi State defense uh, without Nick Fitzgerald, no Dan Mullen. I think this is kind of a rudderless. Yeah, shit. I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. We'll see how it plays out. It is a 12 p.m. kick, so keep your eye on that. We'll turn our attention to Memphis and Iowa State. I love the way Matt Campbell has coached this crew, especially after losing Jacob Park. They kicked him off the yep. team. He took a leave of absence. Kyle Kemp stepped up. I mean. 
mean, he was an Oregon State transfer that really never progressed in the system. Yep. And now, really, this is an Iowa State offense that's averaging 269 passing yards per game. They could fling it, but it's their defense led by their linebacker, Joe Lanning. To me, blue collar. They wear down Riley Ferguson and the crew. We're in agreement as well. And listen, Kyle Kemp, who, who didn't make it at Oregon right. State, couldn't get playing time, not only you know fits in here, but he was very successful. Yes. In the Big 12, coming off the bench, I think that's a credit to not just Matt Campbell, but also Tom Manning, their offense right. coordinator, did a good job of putting him in a position to succeed. I like the defense, love David Montgomery. I'll take Iowa State in the point. Yeah, as well. I think they, they were able to run the football out of Memphis defense that's given up 196 rushing yards to opposing offenses. We'll see how it plays out. I think it's a 3 three thirty kick in the area right around, you know, maybe 130. Take, keep an eye out for the uh, time because I lost it. Uh, I love the field. It's my best pick of the weekend. I love Washington. Jake Browning, Chris Peterson, no offensive coordinators for both teams, but I think this is a Husky team that's determined. They get a double-digit win over the Nittany Lions in this matchup. You know, as I, this was a game I, I didn't love. I like Penn State, but as the day progressed, <laughs> I, I like the Nittany Lions even more. Oh. I, the, the more, the more we we shovel dirt on the Pac-12. Keep shoveling. One in seven Pac-12. Yeah. Yes. Gabe now tells us Big Ten is 5-0. and I think they get to 6-0. and I think Saquon leaves his college career on a high note. Saquon Barkley, Trace McSorley, better than Miles Gaskin and Jake Browning. I'll take the Nittany Lions. No I, I way. think you're going to be No, I'm going to be smiling be next week. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Clemson? I think they dominate this matchup over Alabama, one of my best picks. Dabo Sweeney gets it done, wins round number three over Nick Saban and the crew. Phenomenal matchup, unbelievable theater, an opportunity to take over as the king of college football for whoever wins this game. I think it's a physical, brutal battle. I think it goes all four quarters, but at the end of the day, we learn more about Kelly Bryant. I think he's the better quarterback in this matchup compared to Jalen Hurts. I'll take Clemson as well as they move closer to being a back-to-back national champ. Well, the dogs will be barking all the way to the national championship game after their 13-point win over Baker Mayfield and the crew. Yeah, those are Joe's dogs. Joe is a lifelong Georgia fan. I like the Bulldogs as well. I think that running game led by Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle plus the defense of Georgia, too much for Oklahoma, but... Not a best bet of mine because I would not be shocked if Baker does something special to pull this one out for Oklahoma. I'll take Georgia, but with a little bit of trepidation. We're all over. Both of us love Jim Harbaugh and Michigan up against Will Muschamp in South Carolina. I think they dominate. But you love Miami and Auburn as two of your other selections. I do. I think Auburn comes out motivated and just overpowers UCF. For Rich Sermonello, this is Joe Lisi. Have a happy new year. Enjoy the games. We'll see you next Saturday. Have a great weekend, everyone.